Oh, God is so good to us, so gracious, so kind. How many are thankful this morning that you're saved? Are you glad you're in church this morning? It really is good to be saved, considering the alternative. How many is not going to hell? Let me see. You're not going. I'm not going. That's enough to shout about all day long, all night, all through the week. If that was all that you knew, that'd be enough to be thanking God and praising God. But that's not all. He came to give us abundant life right here and right now. Amen. How many know and believe you can have victory every day? You can have joy and peace in your life. Amen. Every day. Oh yeah, the, the enemy's out there and there's crazy people too, but there, there's the Holy Ghost. There's the name of Jesus. There's the Word of God. Amen. And you and I are to be more than conquerors. Always triumphant in Christ. Everybody said out loud, that's me. More than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. Hallelujah. You're not supposed to have, you know, depressed days. Did you know that? I said, we're not supposed to have depressed days. People say, well, you know, everybody gets down sometimes. Everybody. You don't know everybody. <laughs> How can you say that? That's a mighty big assumption. No, no, and you don't want to go by what you've experienced or what you've seen in other people. You want to go by the word. Does the word say you have to get down once in a while? No. Hmm? No. Well, you're, you know, you got up days and you got down days. You, you win a few, you lose a few. That's the way the old ball bounces. <laughs> yeah, but we ain't bouncing the old ball no more. We're new creatures. Amen. New creatures. We, we speak in new tongues. We got a, a new song. We're looking for new heavens and new earth and hallelujah, newness of life and freshness. No, so much of it is a decision. When something comes, the heaviness, the oppression, depression, don't yield to it. I said don't yield to it. Resist it. Shake it off. Amen. The Bible said rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always, and again I say rejoice. It's not, the problem is that people think it's based on what you feel. It's not based on feeling. It's based on faith. You can shout when you feel like crying. Yes, you can. You can confess peace when your knees are bumping together. Yes, you can. Amen. It's, it's when you don't feel like it that you should proclaim it. Maybe you get up. I mean, you know, that's the way the enemy comes is thoughts and feelings and suggestions. And a lot of people don't know enough. If they, if they get up and they don't feel 100%, they just go, well, I guess this is going to be one of them days. That's the time you shake it off and you start using your mouth. You start using your faith. You don't feel good, but you say it anyway. Amen. You say, this is a good day. This is a good day. This is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice. I'll be glad in it. I'm doing good. And then four more new bills came in and you hadn't paid the previous four. It's time to walk by faith. You say, man, we're having a good month. We're having a, having a good, well, a month ain't over, is it? How many know what a, what a incredible week can do to a month? 
Huh? We're off to a rough start this year. Don't even talk about the year. I mean, what can, what can a, a heavenly month do for a year? Oh, no, no. It's too, it's too early to start, you know, counting everything and saying what has happened. No, no, no. God's still on the throne. We're still breathing. We've got faith in our heart. Amen. Decree, talk faith. Decree faith. Say it out loud, and you, you, maybe your kids are acting crazy. Uh, your spouse too. Uh, just say it out loud. I got a good marriage. Got a good. I got good, sane kids, and all of my kids will serve God. I don't care if you knew that three of them were were in a club the other night. That's what you say by faith. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. You say it and you smile while you're saying it. All my kids will serve God. All of them. All my kids will serve God. Amen. We're doing good financially. We're doing good. We're doing good. Money's coming in hand over fist. Money's, we're going over the top in a big way. Amen. I'm not talking about a bunch of hype. I'm not talking about pretending. I'm talking about believing. Amen. I'm talking, you got a choice. You can either sit down and look at those bills and start crying. Put your hand in your head and go, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. What are we going to do? That's not going to help you. You're going to feel worse when you get through with that than before you started. But you've been here to church, most of it. You've heard pastor preach. You are your pastor wherever you're from. Or maybe you are the pastor. <laughs> you heard yourself. You, you heard others. And you know that you're not supposed to yield to that. Said out loud, and you got to say this by faith too. No more down days. No more down days. No more depressed days. No more depressed days. No more. No more. No more. No more. You say, well, Brother Keith, you don't understand my situation. I, I mean, I've been to some of the best doctors, and they say that I'm clinically depressed. <laughs> clinically. <laughs> well, now, what does that mean? What does that mean? To them, it means that I need something else besides what you just said. And I'm talking about the Word of God. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about faith. You don't need anything else than faith, than the Word of God. People have faith and are impressed in their problem. And people don't like for you to make little of their problem. They want to make big of it. You don't understand, Brother Keith. This is not your ordinary little run-of-the-mill problem like you've run across. Well, first of all, you don't know what I've run across. I may have seen, I've probably seen twice as bad as yours. You know, and people that maybe had more victory through it. You know, everybody is going through the same things in life. Is it true? Did the scripture say that? Go to First Peter, please. Sit out loud while you're turning over there. No more depressed days. No more. No more down days. No more. First Peter, are you there? You know, there's a lot of talk about living by faith, walking by faith, but not nearly as much actual living by faith. Just because you have a faith sticker on your car, or on your refrigerator, or a fish sign, doesn't mean that you walk by faith. Every day in your life, decisions come. You'll be tempted every day. When you get up, there'll be tests throughout the day, little ones and our big ones. 
You'll be tempted to yield to fear. You'll be tempted to yield to selfishness. You'll be tempted to yield to feelings of heaviness or sadness. You'll be tempted to be down. But you are commanded, and I am commanded in the Word of God to rejoice. Commanded to. We are commanded not to worry. Amen? Well, then if you're commanded to and you do it anyway, that makes you a sinner. Hmm? The Bible said, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. To him that knows to do good and does it not, it's sin. And yet folks say, well, Brother King, I I try not to. (laughs) No, you do it. I said you do it. It's an act of your will and it's an act of faith. And here's the good news. The problem is you don't have to feel glad to act glad. You don't have to feel like you've got victory to act like you've got victory to demonstrate faith. And the good news is, if you'll continue to act like it, the Bible is true and act on the Word of God, feelings come. They come afterward. Amen. First Peter, are you there? Chapter 5. First Peter 5, verse 7 says, casting all your care. How much of it? All except your business cares. Because, you know, <laughs> those are pretty serious. How many of you cares? All except your marriage cares. Because, I mean, dear Lord, he knows those are hard to cast. Huh? The word cast is a strong word. It means throw. It means throw them. Anybody in here ever thrown a care? You know how to do it? How you do it? (laughs) The big thing is you've got to get it off of you. Right? Get it off of you. And on to who? Somebody that can do something about it. Which is not you. I know uh, years ago, I'll never forget it. We lived in a little bitty house when I was growing up. Just three. Well, it was actually four rooms, I guess. And uh, my mom and dad's bedroom was kind of just the wall beside ours. And we didn't have air conditioning in the early days. And, and uh, my dad sleep with the windows open. We didn't have screens on those windows. And one night, <laughs> my mom had this ornery cat. And uh, this cat, in the middle of the night, jumps through the window in this little bitty room and lands on my dad's chest. <laughs> and he's asleep in the bed. Well, I want you to know it didn't take him two seconds to get that cat off his chest. I heard the awfulest commotion and wow, and, and dad jumped up, but he got that off of him. Amen. And I want you to know that's the way you're supposed to treat cares and heaviness and worries. They will try to come on you. Anybody ever experienced it? I don't care how long you walk with God. I don't, I'm, I'm the great apostle Paul, with all of his revelation and all of his walk with God, he said, he talked about the cares of the church and those things that came on him daily. But he's the same one that wrote, be careful for nothing. So he didn't let them stay. If they came and he didn't let them stay, he must have threw them off. Everybody say, throw it off. Throw it off. Throw it off. Cares and worries. Fears and doubts. Throw them off. 
throw them. Throw them. It's a strong word. You know, we grew up, I did, and in my family, we were taught, without being so specific about it, we were taught that if you are a, a good, sound, moral, responsible individual, you worry. Yeah. Were some of y'all taught that? Yeah. I mean, if you don't worry when something's going on, then you're sorry. Huh? I mean, if you got bills and you don't worry about them, you're just irresponsible. Just a sorry rascal. I mean, if you got close friends or relatives that's in the hospital and you're not pacing the floor and pulling your hair and worrying, you don't care. Hmm? That's widely held and believed and practiced today in so-called faith churches. But it's not faith. And it's not right. And you never paid a bill worrying about it. Did you? And you never helped a family member in hospital worrying about them. I'm going to say that again. You never helped any of your friends or family by worrying about them. And if you're worrying, you're not in faith. You could help them with your prayer. Amen? You could help them with your faith. But if you are in faith, you're not worrying. And if you are worrying, you're not in faith. There's no such thing as being in faith about something and being depressed over it. Cannot be. Cannot be. And it doesn't make any difference if you made a few good confessions that morning. If you're going to worry about it and be afraid about it and be down about it, depressed about it the rest of the day, you're not in faith. Even though you made the good confession, you're not in faith. What is faith? Faith believes that God has heard my prayer. Faith believes I've received the answer. Amen. Faith counts it done even though it looks like it's not done. Right? And if I really believe that God's heard my prayer, I really believe the money's on the way, I really believe God's working in my loved one's body, I really believe he's on the case, that doesn't depress you. Does it? If you really believe the money's on the way, it's got to make the corners of your mouth turn up. <laughs> huh? Even if you're uncomfortable at the moment, you can see light on the horizon. Amen. You can see help on the way. Faith sees it done. Amen. So it goes ahead and rejoices ahead of time. You can always pick the faith people. Sometimes people think, you know, well, you can't really tell if anybody's in faith or not. It's much more evident than you might like to think. It shows up in your countenance. You can hear it in the tone of a voice. You can see it in the spring of a step. Who's the faith people? They're the happy ones. <laughs> They're the ones with peace. Amen. They're the ones that are excited. There's something good is on the way. Even though it, it looks like in the natural, you've got no reason to feel that way. Amen. I'm talking to somebody. First Peter 5, verse 7, what does it say? Casting, throwing, all your care. Some folk that, are, that have heard me, you hadn't heard me yet. You think I'm talking to somebody else. You think you know this verse. That's not the question. The things you've been thinking about the last few days... The things you've been thinking about the last few weeks, you just call it thinking, but you've gotten into some worry over it too. How can you tell? You get down. 
Hmm? You know, and, and I don't care what kind of things it is. If it's the things of the Lord, that's no justification for being down. I know I was in a, I came to a church one time, and uh, every service, there were these three or four ladies that sit up on the front, and they groaned through my whole message, loud. And it wasn't just a groan, it was sad. Oh, it was sad, mournful. Oh, oh, sad. And uh, I thought, well, you know, maybe it's just a one-time thing. Well, the next service, there they were again. Mournful, sad tones. And the next service, same thing. Mournful, sad tones. Finally, I asked the pastor, I said, what's the deal on these ladies? He said, well, they're prayers. I said, okay, well, why are they, why are they, you know, making such sad noise? He said, well, they're, they're interceding for you, Brother Keith. And I wanted to say, I wish they would quit. Some has say, well, why, why, Brother Keith? Don't you think they're doing some good things? Uh, no, I think most of it was flesh. Hmm? But don't you believe in groans and travails? I do. I've done it. Well, why, why about that? Well, for one thing, there's time and place for everything. Things are to be done properly, decently, in order. And for another thing, I don't care who it is or who you or they think they are. You see somebody that goes around sad all the time? They are not strong spiritually. I don't care for what reason they're saying you know, if they think, well, you know, I got, I got, a, I got a burden of prayer. I've had a, a burden of prayer too before, but that doesn't mean you stay sad for six months. You, if you need to, you excuse yourself. You go get in your bedroom. You pray. You may cry. You may groan, but pray it through and get the victory. Then stand up and shout, Amen, Amen. and then come out in victory. Yeah, there may be times when you sense something that you may, that the Spirit of God's not pleased with, something that He's not happy about. And, but the, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. So you show me a strong Christian, I'm going to show you somebody with joy. Every time. I said every time. Amen. There is no excuse. There is no spiritual excuse. There is no ministerial excuse for depression. Depression is sin. Yeah, you heard me. It's sin. Why? Because it is unbelief and it is disobedience. The Lord told us. Did, did you read the scripture? Let me, let me read it again. Verse 7. Verse 7. Are you there? Try to cast most of your care on the Lord. Huh? Do your best. Do what you can. <laughs> what did it say? Do you suppose the Lord means what he says here? Who's the understood subject? You. You casting all your care upon him. The Amplified brings in the, the idea too. What is it? Once and for all. I mean do it. And, and the idea is completely. Well, if the Lord says do it, can you do it? 
if you know he told you to do it and you don't do it, what would that be? And to him that knows to do good and does it not, it's sin. And whatever's not of faith is sin. It's serious stuff. And some folk that are laying around depressed half the day, and then they'll look and judge somebody else for smoking a cigarette. Did you hear me? Or for using a a four-letter word or something else. And really, that person might not even have light on that. And really, in the eyes of the Lord, they're in a lot less trouble than you are. A lot of stuff is, you know, God sees it differently than people see it. A lot of things are not as bad or, or as, as something else that people think is a great big sin. They're measuring and judging. God looks at your heart. He looks at the light you have. And if he's shown you better and you know better and you're just going to go and do something different, well, that's a, that's a sin. How many thank God there's forgiveness for sin? There's cleansing for sin. And no matter how much you've messed up, you can change. You can get it straightened out. Well, we need to eradicate the sin of worry. Hmm? Is it just as serious as a lot of other things that people think are, are great, terrible sins? Would it be as serious as, as going out and getting drunk or sleeping around or cussing or watching bad stuff? Would it be? I lost part of the crowd there. <laughs> the Lord tells you don't do something. What should you do? Did he say, casting all your cares, all your care upon him, for he cares for you. I know uh, some years ago, I had the privilege of working with Dr. Kenneth Hagin in his uh, healing school ministry. Eventually, he let us oversee that. And for years, taught there on a daily basis, people came in every day that were pronounced terminal. So many of the cases uh, had been to different facilities and doctors and procedures and had no hope. Nothing else that they knew of could be done. They came there as a last resort. Literally life and death, physically. And a lot of them had only days. Some were, they said, would have been dead last week and that kind of thing. Sometimes you'd come in there on Monday and you could just feel death in the room. And uh, we ministered the best, of course, when I first started, I was green, and uh, it's quite a responsibility, and we did the best we knew how, and we really applied ourselves, and the team that was with us, I mean, dear me, we, we prayed, we fasted, we really applied ourselves, and we saw people healed, miracles, but we also saw people die. Now, one thing you've got to understand is that uh, we have no guarantee that everybody is going to receive everything that's theirs in God. Everybody could, but not everybody's going to receive, even though it's the will of God. Do we have a guarantee that everybody we preach to that's lost will get saved? No, we don't. In fact, we're told that some will believe, and they'll be saved, and some won't, Right? But just because somebody didn't receive and didn't get saved doesn't mean we're going to quit preaching salvation. You know, if, if ten people come into a room and they're, and they're lost, I'm talking about in a congregation, ten are lost and messages preached, altar calls given, and if uh, two of them come and get saved, 
and eight of them walk out of the door lost. Does the Bible say that the angels in heaven cry over the eight that left? Huh? Then why should we? I'm getting to something here now. See, a lot of people are crying over the eight. When what should we be doing? We should be doing what heaven is doing. They're positive there. Not negative. The angels would be rejoicing. Not crying over the eight that walked. Rejoicing over the two that stayed. Got saved. Amen. You can always find something to cry about in your life. Any of us could find something to be sad about. Well, I don't have this. We wanted to do that. We don't have this yet. We've been waiting a long time. And Anybody can be sad any day. All you got to do is just wake up and yield to your flesh and listen to people around about you. You'll be a sad sack. But if you're going to walk by faith, you got to take another, another direction. You got to take another way of life. During that time that I was ministering, without meaning to, I began to get heavy. Because some of the people that we lost, I took it personally. And, uh, I, you know, I didn't mean to, but I'm too sober. I'm too, I was too sad. And I'll never forget it. I was, I was praying in the floor one day. You know, God, may, maybe I could do more. Maybe there's something else I, I could do. And he spoke to me. He said, son, you are not the healer. Now, if you'd asked me the day before, are you the healer? I'd have said no. And yet I was trying to take responsibility that wasn't mine. Acting like it. And I learned from that period of time that the first telltale sign that you're not doing so good spiritually is you begin to lose your joy. You begin to lose your peace. Hold your place here and go with me please to Romans. Romans and the 15th chapter. I want you to stay with me now. Is this a happy church? Is it? I mean, the blades of grass out there ought to be happy. That's right. The paint on the parking lot ought to be happy. The seats ought to be happy seats. Hey, I'm serious. I mean, the carpet in here ought to just soak up happiness, joy, peace of God. Amen. I mean, the world sees enough sadness and tears and junk and depression. They need to see something different out of us. Different, far different out of us. You know, is your life such that it's different from the sinners that are around you? Is it such that they see something they want in your life? Do you know we have people who are not Christians today because they have relatives that are? That's right. And they say, you know, in their mind they think, well, hey, you know, if being a Christian is being like Uncle Charlie, forget it. (laughs) I mean, if being a Christian is being like Aunt Jane, then, then no way. No. Because the devil has lied to the world and they've seen evidence of it in carnal Christians that if you get saved, your fun is over. Hmm? 
There are a lot of people that are lost and won't come to church, won't come to God today because in their minds, you know, to get saved means to give up everything that's any fun. And it's a lie. I said it's a lie. It's not true. God is the ultimate partier. <laughs> and the life of the party. I'm telling you, I mean, have you ever read the scripture in the Old Testament? He commanded them to party. He did. Go back and read it without your traditional religious glasses on. He commanded them, come, and he said, rejoice. Don't be sad. Rejoice. I mean, he wants partying. And it sounds the same in the New Testament. What does he say? Rejoice. Rejoice. People don't understand. They think God wants us to be sad and depressed. They think he's depressed. He's not. I said he's not. And he knows all the junk that's in the world. You know just a little bit of it. He knows about all of it. And he's still got the victory. He's got to deal with all of us. And he's still got the victory. So you should be able to deal with your bunch and keep the victory. Just a few. Huh? Say it out loud. No more sad days. No more depressed days. days. (laughs) I'm working on something here. I'm working on something. Some folk, I'm trying to pry their depression off of them with a crowbar. And they don't mean to, but they're going, oh, no, 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 I'm used to this. It's comfortable. And I go, oh, no, come on, let's get it off. If if you get delivered and you get straight in this area, you instantly get many more friends. That's right. Because some people are just no fun to be around. You can be doing pretty good and see them and whoo. They'll rain on your parade, man. They, They just walk around under a cloud of depression. And I tell you what, in a sick, twisted way, your flesh likes that. It does. It likes the attention. It likes the the focus on me. Yeah, baby, you pull the shades. You get out the Kleenex too. Because nobody knows what you're going through. Any one of us. I, I could do that. I could go home this evening and lay down and think of all the stuff (laughs) that I got to do and believe God for and am responsible for and go, oh God, just, oh, take me home. And, and you may think, well, I'm glad I'm not a preacher. Hey, you got the same thing. Maybe you're not in front of people as much, but hey, you have a responsibility to your family. Amen. To the people you work with, to your neighbors. They're supposed to be seeing Jesus in you. They're supposed to be wanting God because they know you. Amen. Absolutely. And they're not going to want a a depressed religion. 
I mean, they got that in the world. They got to see something they don't have. I mean, that's why some people are not Christians today is because, I mean, people have told them the Lord was just, I mean, he, he ministered this to my spirit the other night from Romans. He said, it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. That's still going over in my spirit. It's the what? Not the bad, not, not judgment, not distortions. The what? Is God good? Will he bless you? Will he help you? Will he love you? He's good. And he'll do good things for you. And yet, many people, even from the pulpit, have told individuals, you know, God made me sick. God took my baby. God uh, tore up my house with a tornado. God wrecked my car. God did this. And, and they're depressed and they, they act like they're deprived because they can't sin. And they, and they act like that they're, you know, they don't want to do it, but I'm going to be a good holy Christian. And they're just miserable. And then they turn around and say, don't you want to come join the flock? (laughs) And they they may not say it, but they're thinking, no, no, no. Do I want to be like you? No. (laughs) They got a master who kills, steals, and destroys already. Oh, but when the Lord is your shepherd and you do not want. Hallelujah. When you're living in divine protection. When other people's kids are sick and yours are healthy. Other people's business go down and yours goes up. Hallelujah. When blessing after blessing is on your life, and even though you might be going through some challenges and trials, people can see you. You still got joy. You still got peace. And they know that's supernatural. They they don't know how you do that. Amen. Eventually they'll come to you and they'll go, What 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 is up? What's the deal? How come your kids are still healthy? How come your business is going up? How come? And you just smile and say, I got a good shepherd. God, and it was still taking applications for the flock. They want a shepherd like that. Amen. They want one like that. There's a twisted thing that has happened in church and in ministry. People have taught that it is holy to be depressed. I mean, mournful tone. Do you hear people when they pray sometimes? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh God, oh God. Well now, would you, would you do that with the leader of a nation? <laughs> it's religious junk. You need to realize who you're talking to. And realize what he told us. He said, come boldly. Huh? Yes, humbly, but not groveling in ignorance. Yes, humbly, but he said boldly too. Walk up. Why? Realizing that you have a right to be there because of what Jesus has done for you. Realizing that though you've messed up terribly, yet you're washed clean by the blood. And you can stand before the Lord with his righteousness. Not because of you, but because of what he's done for you. Amen. And you have a right, you have a relationship. You can speak to the Father directly. Amen. Just like you speak to a human person. And expect a response. I know uh, years ago, before I ever went to Ramah, went to this lady who cut my hair. She knew I was a student of the Bible. I was beginning to apply myself to learn then, a number of years ago. This was probably 25 years ago. And uh, she said, uh, I want to ask you a question. She cut my hair and I said, okay. She told me the story. 
She said, just a few days ago, a good friend of mine was coming down to the shop here. And uh, it was just after winter when the, the trees had just put out their leaves and the birds were singing. And it had been cold, but now it was, it was a nice day. Nice spring day after the winter. And this friend of hers was walking down the sidewalk singing, happy, felt good, bouncing a little bit. And met a preacher. And it ruined her day. You know, it's sad, but some people would have been better off if they hadn't met preachers that day. Or even Christians that day. Because she said, hi, Reverend so-and-so. How you doing? Isn't it a wonderful day? He said, yeah, I guess. And uh, she said, well, you know, I'm just so happy that I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good and healthy and, and got some fresh air here and birds are singing, flowers are putting out. And he said, well, yes, yes, yes. But do you realize that people are starving today? Different places in the world. And uh, that people are without Christ. And somewhere some, today people will die and go to hell. And she said, well, I, no, I wasn't really thinking about that. He said, well, that's the problem. The Christians don't think about it enough. And I mean, by the time they got through, she was sad. Come dragging her feet, you know, up to the uh, beauty shop. And I said, well, you haven't asked me a question. She said, well, I want to know, is that okay? Is that right? Well, I didn't want to make this Reverend, look bad, but I'll tell you boldly, no. No. That's not right. At all. Remember I told you that I had begun to take the heaviness of the healing school responsibilities home with me? And I'm sure that I wasn't as much fun to be around for Phyllis and different people. And you justify it by, by thinking, well, we're being spiritual. You know? We have great needs. But remember, what's our strength? How can we tell when we're strong spiritually? The joy of the Lord's our strength. So if you see somebody depressed, what do you know? They are spiritually weak. Weak in faith. Weak in vision. I don't care who they are. If they're depressed and they're down, they're weak. I remember distinctly in the floor that day, praying. And the Lord said that to me. He said, son, you are not the healer. I thought, well, yes, sir, I know that. He said, yes, but you're trying to act like you are. He said, whether these people live or die is not all resting on your head. You're not that big. You know, people sometimes, they, they quote from the, the passage in the prophets, you know, where he told the prophet, he said, if you don't tell them, their blood's going to be on your hands. And people take that and they twist it around. And they try to make that everybody's responsible for everything. And if you don't do it, it's on your head. That's not true. He told him, if you don't tell them what I tell you to tell them. Specific. He didn't say that their salvation was all resting on his head. He said, if you don't tell them what I tell you to tell them, and then they don't repent, then it's on you. 
But he said to me, he said, there, where the people live or die, where the people are saved or lost, that's not all riding on you. You're not big enough to handle that. He said, this is your responsibility. You seek me like you've been doing. You ask me to give you the messages. You prepare the best you know how. You share what I give you to share. You minister to the people what I give you to minister. And then once you've done that, you cast the care of the rest of that on me and you enjoy your salvation. Then I begin to get it. I begin to get it. If you don't learn to do that, you will age prematurely. You will not live out a full length of days. You know, you know one of the biggest killers? People get so hung up on some of the natural things. And there are some things you can do naturally to help yourself. But the biggest thing about living long is that you, get, you can't live under stress. You can't live stressed out all the time. It'll, it'll curtail your life. It'll cut you off short. Well, then how can you keep from living like that? You've got to cast the care. You've got to throw it off. Everybody say, throw it off. Throw it on the Lord. I didn't get that all at once, but I, I began to learn how. There were, because, you know, you get in this rut. You get used to going a certain direction. And uh, some of the things I'm sharing with you is because I got corrected on myself. We'd be in the middle of the floor praying. Some of the team that was helping me that time. And, and the Lord would speak to me. He said, that's a sad prayer. <laughs> Those are sad tones. You know, because I'm into this, ooh, God, again, you know, and, and I, I'd have to change it. And sometimes we'd get ready, we're going to fast again today. And I had the Lord say, y'all get up and go eat and laugh. Again, how are we going to help somebody if we're weak? Yeah, fasting is good. Prayer is good, but not when it's with depression. Did you hear me? I know when I first started, you know, people would come in sometimes and tell me their stories. And I, I grew up a relatively sheltered life. We had a pretty good home. I didn't see a bunch of crazy stuff. And I began to find out what people do and go through in the world. And I was just shocked. I just couldn't believe people had life situations like that. And, and people would start telling me. And they'd start crying. And they'd say, my Lord, Brother Keith, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'd hand them a Kleenex and I'd get one for me too. And I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do either, man. You, you're messed up. But that's not going to help them. I said, that's not going to help them. I've got to help pull them up out of their depression with my joy. I've got to have enough joy for me and you too. If I'm going to minister to you. Such as you have, that's what you give. You can't just, you know, be depressed at home and come to church and flip on your happy switch and try to try to put it on. It it ain't going to fly. It ain't going to go. It's what you've got that you can genuinely minister. Amen. And you don't have to be preachy. You don't have to preach everybody a message. But when you walk up to somebody at the counter and smile at them, there needs to be something comes out of you. Amen. Joy and peace. Peace and joy. Remember Jesus told his disciples, when you go into a place, go into a house, you say, peace to this house. And if they're, I'm paraphrasing, if there are people there that will receive it, your peace will rest on that place. If they won't receive it, it will come back to you, he said. This is something real. This is not imaginary. This is real. This is a manifest presence of God. Peace. 
And without being preachy, without even quoting scriptures, you can minister peace and life and love and joy to people you don't even know. People at the gas station, people at the grocery store. Amen. And isn't this what the Lord is talking about? That we're to be witnesses everywhere we go. But you can't, I mean, being a depressed Christian is a, is a contradiction of terminology. The Christ, the anointed one, was anointed with the oil of joy and gladness above his brethren. Being a depressed Christian is a terrible witness. It's a bad witness. It's acting like your God's not big enough to, to help you out of your situation. Like you don't have an answer. And we do have an answer in God. Do we have a God that can heal us? Then why be depressed over sickness? Do we have a God who can meet our needs? Then why be depressed over bills? It's acting like he can't. Right? Do we have a God? Who's a God of joy and strength and power and peace? Then it ought to show up in us. Amen? We ought to just smile at people and they feel blessed. Amen? People ought to just want to hang around us. Why? Because they feel better when they're around us. If you have victory, it'll just emanate from you. Radiate from you. Can you say amen? amen. I want you to say it again. No more down days. No more depressed days. No more sad days. I shake it off. I throw it off. I resist it. You can feel depressed. And you can have tears running down your eyes. That doesn't mean you have to yield to it. Did you hear me? You, you get up. You pull the blinds. You go in and make yourself put on your best clothes. Make yourself spend a little extra time to make yourself look better. And look at yourself and say, you are full of joy. And don't give me no back talk. <laughs> you talk to yourself. Didn't the psalmist do that? Did the psalmist do it? He said, why are you cast down, oh my soul? What we say today, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? God's done too much for you, for you to act like this. God has heard your prayers and brought you through too many times for you to act like this. Stir yourself up. To say, soul, didn't the psalmist talk to himself? Soul, you're going to bless the Lord. Yes, you are. Don't you tell, tell me. You're going to bless the Lord. You're going to do it right now and you're going to be happy about it. That's what we're talking about, about being spiritual, about walking in the Spirit. doesn't mean that you're floating off somewhere. Uh, about walking in faith, it means that you, the man on the inside, dominates and dictates to the outer man, to the soul, to the flesh. Your flesh says, yeah, but I want to go get drunk. You say, shut up, you're not getting drunk. Just shut up. But we used to get drunk, I don't care. The old man is dead, you ain't getting drunk no more. Hmm? We could do a little drugs. I feel so bad. Shut up. Shut up. No. We're not doing any drugs. We all laugh, but people deal with this. Christians, churchgoers, deal with it. And the thing is, you you want to get your spirit built up. So the the stronger your spirit is, the easier it is to control your flesh. Most people have the reverse. Their flesh dominates them. Their spirit, they have starved, it's not fed, it's not developed, so it's so weak that the flesh says, I want to do this. And the spirit goes, oh, you shouldn't do that. 
No. Hey, hey, don't do that. And the flesh said, shut up. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it twice. <laughs> and so they're just flesh ruled. Flesh dominated. And you do that and your life's going to be a mess. You're going you're to be a basket case. You're going to be defeated. But you can turn it around. I said you can turn it around. You can feed your spirit on the word of God. Feed your faith. Go to church. Be in good services and good materials. And not just be a hearer but a what? A doer. Act on it. See you develop spiritually not just by feeding but by exercising. And you start growing and getting stronger. You do that over month after month and year after year. Your spirit will get stronger and stronger and stronger until it will actually intimidate your flesh. That's right. Your flesh will say, uh, uh, how about we do, and your spirit will say, shut up. Oh, okay, okay, all right. <laughs> just thought all that. I said, shut up. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> and you just don't have a fraction of the trouble with your flesh. Oh, you still got to deal with it now, but it's not like it used to be. Because your spirit is strong and dominant and in control. And it's the same thing with your emotions, with your soul. Your emotions said, you know, we used to have a lot of pity parties and I had one in a long time. And your spirit will say, shut up. You're going to praise the Lord. You're going to do it right now. Okay, okay, okay. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. (laughs) It makes all the difference in the world. And as you praise the Lord, what does he do? He inhabits the praises of his people. Wonder who inhabits sad songs. Huh? I mean, the reverse of that would be some, some truth too. Who inhabits, woe is me, woe, 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 sorry, sad song? Who inhabits that? That'd be the enemy. And it'd be death. It's death. And, and you will feel like going that way at times. You'll be so pulled, but you've got to put down your foot and say, no! No, I'm not laying here crying. No, I'm not yielding. I'm not lay here and worry about that. If you have to, you get you some toothpicks and you prop up the corner of your mouth on both sides and you say, we're going to rejoice. Well, I don't care if it's through tears. If you're, if you're crying and sobbing, you go, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you keep doing it, I said, if you keep doing it, your feelings have to change. I said, have to change. Brother, would you step up here and help me just a minute? Hallelujah. You still got your scripture in Romans there? Don't forget it. Brother, hold this, hold this coat out for me. You remember the Bible said that the Lord has given us the garments of praise for the what? Did he? Which one he expects us to wear then? Praise. Remember the Bible said, put on the new man? Put it on? You you see, you hear this terminology and symbolism numerous places. Well, the thing is, people oftentimes think it's hypocrisy. They they don't want to do it. When you say, put on the peace of God. Put on the joy of the Lord. Put on the victory in the new man. People go, well now, I just don't believe in all that. If I don't feel happy, I'm not going to act happy. Because I'm just real. Yeah, real carnal. And they don't realize it. 
But let's say, you know, let's say I was cold in here this morning. I was shivering and I said, ooh, I'm cold. And my brother said, well, here, put this coat on. Put this coat on. I said, no, I'm not a put on. <laughs> no, sir. I mean, if I'm cold, I'm going to say I'm cold. <laughs> and I'm not going to try to act like I'm not. And he said, well, come on, put, put the coat on and you, you'll be one of my, no, I, no. I'm not a put on. Wouldn't that be ignorant? But listen to me, if you're real cold and you put that first sleeve on, are you instantly warm? No. You go ahead and put the whole coat on, are you totally warm the moment you get it on? No. You got to put it on and keep it on for a little while. Is that right? Then what starts happening, then you begin to feel. Everybody say feel. feel. But the feeling comes after you put it on. Did you hear that? Well, see, the Holy Ghost is the same way. The Holy Ghost, I mean, people come in and they're dragging, they feel bad over this or that, the other. And, and the Holy Ghost says, here, put on the garment of praise for me today. And people go, well, I, I just don't feel. I just, y'all just pray for me. I'm just not doing so good today. The devil's bothering me. Well, you give him too much credit. He can only do what you yield to him. He only has the place we give him. He is he a defeated foe? Has he been stripped and brought to naught? Then he only has what we give him. But how many understand that you could, by faith, even though you feel like forty miles of muddy road, you feel bad, and and, and you just, the feelings are not there. You just feel like not even getting out of bed. But just by faith. Begin to put on. Everybody say put on. Put on. Put on. The garment of praise. You begin to say, well, hallelujah anyhow. Well, bless the Lord. Well, glory to God. The Lord's my strength. He's my son. He's my victory. Do you, do you instantly feel all the joy? No, no, probably not. But what do you do? Just keep on keeping on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. People say, boy, they're blessed, but you might feel bad. <laughs> but put it on. Go, go ahead and put the whole thing on and say, hallelujah, glory to God, I got victory. I got victory. I tell you what, brother, we're doing good. We're going over the top. And your head saying, you liar, you liar. You're, you're going down. You say, shut up, head. Did I ask you? You shut up. <laughs> In Jesus' name, I'm more than a conqueror. We're doing good. Doing money's coming in. Woo, the money. Oh, the money is coming in. I'm going to have to open up some more accounts. And your, and your head says, you liar, you liar. You lie. You say, shut up. The word is true. No matter what I feel, no matter what I see. Hallelujah. You put it on and keep it on. You'll begin to feel it. I said, you'll begin to feel it. Everybody said out loud, my mind is my mind. I think on what I want to. I don't think on what I don't want to. It's my mind. And I refuse to yield to depression. I refuse to yield to fear or doubts. I keep my mind on victory. 
on God, on the Word, on Jesus. Hallelujah. All the time. Yes. Yes. You don't have to wait till next Sunday to talk like this. Do you? You better not. Make your tongue do its duty. Let's go over this real slow again now. Can you get up and shout when you don't feel like it? Yes. Can you? Yes. Can you praise God when you feel like crying? Yes. Let's take this a step further. Can you act nice to people when you feel like slapping them? Yes. <laughs> now we're talking about walking in love. Huh? Yes, you can. And it's not hypocrisy. It's just letting the inner man dominate instead of the outer man. And the stronger your spirit gets, the more you do this, the more natural it will be for you. And, and the better witness you will be. People will see your life and they'll, they'll want what you have. Look in Romans here. Are you there? Romans fifteen thirteen. Now the God of hope. You know what hope is in the Bible? It is confident expectation. Hallelujah. When you're expecting something good, it makes you happy. God is not just the God of salvation, the God of love, the God of faith. He's the God of hope. He's the God of confident. And we might also also say exuberant. Expectation. Makes you happy when something good's coming in. Doesn't it? He's the the God of hope. Fill you with all what? Joy and peace in believing. When you're in believing, when you're in faith, these two things are going to be evident. Joy and peace. He goes on to say that you may abound in hope. That you may abound in this joyous expectation through the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. One phrase talks about overflowing in expectation. That's another way to say abound in hope. You're overflowing with expectation of good. I'm going to let you go just right away here, but, but read this verse with me carefully. Again, it's not what you know, it's what? It's what you do. What do you say? The God of hope. Read it out loud with me. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. Or we said overflow in expectation through the power of the Holy Ghost. You like that? Does that sound good? Does that sound like a victorious life? Does that sound like a good example of a Christian? Hallelujah. You live like that, when you walk into the room, it'll light up. Little kids will enjoy being around you. As well as your own family and friends. You'll have friends that'll come back. Nobody wants to be around somebody that's depressed all the time. And don't make excuses for it. Well, I can't help it. Yes, you can. You act like you don't have a God when you talk like that. You act like the devil's bigger than God. He's not. He's a stripped, defeated, brought to naught, under your feet. Foe. 
Said out loud, I do not have to be depressed. I do not have to be sad. I'm going to give you a charge now. There's some people that you've really, really struggled with this. And I'm, I'm telling you from the Lord, I forbid you to say any more that you are depressed. Or that you are clinically depressed. Or any other kind of name or tag. I want you to strip that off of yourself this morning. Amen. And I want you to treat it like profanity and vulgarity that you will never use that word concerning yourself again because it can open the door to the devil in your life. Yeah, but Brother Keith, I went to the doctor. I don't care. I'm telling you the word of God. I'm telling you how to break it off. I'm telling you what medication won't do and what therapy won't do. God can do. He made the mind. He made the soul. He made the emotions. And he knows better than anybody knows how they should operate and what's going to keep them healthy. I want you to say it out loud. I am not not depressed. depressed. I am not a depressed person. I I do not have problems. I I have victory. I I got a sound mind. I I got peace. I I got joy all the time. I I got victory all the time. Hallelujah. We're getting some victory in here this morning. Yes, we are. You got to recognize the devil's MO. You got to recognize how he operates, not be ignorant of his devices. Man said this one time, it really stuck with me. It must have been 20, 30 years ago I heard him. He was a minister and he went up on this tall, tall, tall skyscraper. And he went on this little bitty balcony with a rail and he's looking over and I forget how many stories, but he said the men in the cars looked like ants. It just was so high. And this thought came to him, why don't you just jump? Why don't you just jump? The enemy brings thoughts. He just looked around and said, you jump, I'm not. (laughs) I got better sense than that. And I thought, excellent. Excellent. Why? Because he recognized the source of the thought. And he didn't get all bent out of shape as though something was wrong with him. Oh, did you get that? Did you get that? You know what a lot of even charismatics would have done? They'd have clung to the rail, looked over and said, my Lord, I'm suicidal. What am I doing sitting up here thinking about jumping now? I'm suicidal. Oh, my Lord. I got a suicide devil. And the devil would say, you got three. You got three. And if you believed that and you got into fear, you opened the door for all kind of hell and problems. But when you got enough understanding that you look up and you say, You're stupid, but I'm not. Jump if you want, but I got better sense. Thoughts will come to your mind. Even the most holy saint of God has found thoughts come to them that were impure and wrong. That doesn't mean you get down and feel sad. Realize where it came from. It didn't come out of your spirit. You didn't ask for that. You wasn't looking for that. The enemy brought that to you and you just send it right back where it came from and say, no, that, that didn't come from God and that didn't come from me. That's you. 
And then here's where you decree it. I am not suicidal. There's nothing wrong with me. I've got a sound mind in Jesus. Everybody said out loud, said out loud, I will never go crazy. Never. I will never lose my mind. Because the devil will come and say, well, yeah, but you know, Granny had real problems towards the end. And you know how much you are like Granny. He will. He'll work on you half your life to set you up for that. But you got to stop it now. you got to put your foot down and your words against it now. And you say, no, 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 I'll never wind up like Granny did. I'll never lose my mind. I will never go insane. I will always have a bright, sharp, sound mind. But you've got to talk like this all the time. You know, some friends of mine, they, they used to, I didn't know what they're doing at first. We're, we're taking a car trip one time, they're ministers, and they're sitting in the back seat. And every once in a while they'd say, with long life, he satisfies me and shows me his salvation. I just said, well, praise God, yeah, yeah. We're driving along, you know, totally unrelated. And they just pop up and say, with long life, he satisfies me, shows me his salvation. I said, well, yeah, hallelujah, glory. And we just kept on riding. Finally, I, I, I saw it every time we passed a cemetery. <laughs> they were saying that. Now, you don't have to do that all the time. But any area that the devil has messed with you, hmm, you need to put yourself on it. Put your words on it. And you need to do it, I mean, like a, a regular lifestyle. Even if everybody don't understand it, you need to do it till you get that fear pushed out of you. Amen. Till you get that pushed out of you, that doubt and that depression out of you. You can do it with your faith. You can do it with your mouth, but it's going to take staying after it. Day after day after day after day after day. Tell me again. I have no more depressed days. No more down days. No more depressed times. I have joy. I have peace. I've learned in my own life, according to that scripture, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing. As I go down life's road in my faith mobile, there are two gauges I keep an eye on. How many know in your car there's a gauge you better check once in a while, two or three, especially that fuel gauge. Is that right? I mean, because if it gets over there and hovers around E too long, you're going to be on the roadside. Can anybody give me a witness? Can you tell me that this, what I'm talking about? Is it true? Yeah. And in your faith walk, in your faith mobile, as you go through life, there's two gauges you better keep an eye on. It's your joy gauge and it's your peace gauge. Hmm? That tells you how you're doing in faith. How you're doing in the Christian walk. Because when your peace gauge gets around E and your joy gauge gets around E, you run out of joy, you run out of peace, it's not going to be long. Your faith's going to sputter to a stop and leave you on the roadside of despair. But you don't have to be like that. Because you don't have to yield to this depression, to this heaviness, to this fear. Let's, let's decree it. Let's say it out loud. I throw off. I shake off off. worries, Worries. fears, Fears. cares, Cares. doubts. Doubts. I give no place to the devil. I refuse to yield to feelings. I refuse to yield to to thoughts. 
that are not victory, that are not faith, that are not God. I don't have to yield to them. And I won't. I refuse to. In Jesus' name, I have strength. I have a sound mind. Lay your hands on your head. One on your head, one on your chest. And, and let's, let's fix some things right here this morning. Everybody say it out loud in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Satan, you take your hand, Satan, your hand. Off, of off of my mind, off of my soul, off of my soul. Leave. leave, be gone, be every oppressing thing, every, oppressing thing. every harassing thing, everything of heaviness, and fear and doubt I rebuke you leave me be gone from me hallelujah now say mind put both hands on your head say mind be quiet be still and think on God peace peace to you be clear. Be, clear. Be, sharp. be sharp. Be bright. Be, bright. be, strong. be strong. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put both hands on your, on your chest and your stomach. Say, soul, soul. Be, still. be still. Soul, soul. Be, at rest. be at rest. And be free. And have peace. And have joy. And be glad. And be free. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. 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 How many depressed people do I have in here? Clinically or otherwise. I'm going to give you another charge. And you need to listen and see if this is just Keith Moore talking or if this is the Lord. The first one, you remember what I told you? Do not call yourself depressed. Ever again. Here's another thing. Now, there's some specific people. The Lord had me go this way specifically for you. But here's another thing. Do not say, I'm getting delivered. Boy, we made good progress today. Hallelujah. I'm on the road. No. No, no, that's not in agreement with the word. We have been delivered from the power of darkness. And we've been translated into the kingdom of God's dear son in light. Have been. I am delivered. Completely. Totally. Delivered. See, I'm not in the process trying to get free. I am. Amen. You don't need somebody to pray over you about this or lay hands on you or anything. You got it. I said you receive it by faith and just I got it. I've got it. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Hallelujah. Let's praise him one more time. Tell God, thank you for setting me free. Thank you that I'm totally delivered. 
I'm totally delivered from depression and fear and bondage. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.